beautifully miserable people and welcome to a smackdown edition of the hollywood heels podcast i am one of your co-hosts the rock star the renaissance man the duke russo and i am joined by the divine voice himself henron what's going on ladies and gentlemen once again you are welcome to hear our beautiful voices and yes it is friday night smackdown uh not too packed of a show that we had today but uh what's the lineup that we had going on sir well we are coming from boston td garden and the first match that we had up was a tag team match between charlotte and shotzi versus damage control particularly Bay, uh, Bailey and Io, where Charlotte and Shotzi come out on top. Uh, we had a little Heyman-Jimmy segment, um, followed by a damage control segment. Then we had a match between LA Knight and Austin Theory, where Austin Theory gets the pinfall. A uh, quick little segment there, and then we had a tag team match for the tag titles between Priest and Balor, and the Brawling Brutes, consisting of Butch and Ridge. And then we had our main event, AJ Styles versus Jimmy Uso. AJ Styles gets the win in that one. So, let's start it off with the very unlikely tag team of charlotte flair and shotzi yeah that's an interesting tag team and it's one where it's surprising to see a scenario that charlotte flair is taking the back seat you know from this match from the storyline progressing from this match and from the i guess secondary storyline between bailey and shotzi charlotte just kind of felt out of place you know she was the first one to walk out on the intro and you know, I guess she's a good guy now that we're hyping her back up. But surprising to see that she wasn't the focal point of a women's title feud for what feels like the first time in 10 years. Yeah, and I, you know, in all honesty, I'm not very surprised because I feel like um, she she's being very smart here because, you know, Shotzi's really got the main beef with Bailey, right? And by teaming up with Shotzi and like tagging along on that beef, she gets to make an enemy of EO and hopefully kind of like weasel her way into a championship match, I feel like. So as always, the queen being very uh, calculated in what she does, I, I feel like I can see where she's going with this. For sure. She's somehow going to sneak her way back into that title picture because things are still, you know, not finished between her, Asuka, and Io Sky. I mean, the last we saw them, they were having a match, her and Asuka, where Io interrupted it, you know. So there's still something brewing there. Um, I'm sure it's something that they'll call back to here eventually. But little spoiler alert as we, you know, jumping to the end of the match, we finally are likely going to get to see our one-on-one solo match between EO Sky and Asuka, which whew, I'm extremely excited for. Same. I think that's the matchup we all want, and I'm just really glad that they're not just, you know, turning this into, like, another Fatal 4-Way or something, you know what I mean, and, like, giving us that really one-on-one match. But from the top of the match, I mean, dude, Shotzi's tank always hits. Um, and... 
it, it's funny during the entrances i was like wow so so they come out first okay what the, the tank's just gonna stay there and then sure enough yeah, the tank stays there, and then when damage control makes their entrance, Bailey utilizes the tank, jumps up on the tank, and stomps on it. Um, I, uh, I'm glad they addressed that, because I was like, it's kind of awkward having the tank just, just stay there for their entrance, but whatever. Yeah, I, I completely agree. That was something I was wondering as well. I'm like, you just left your tank up there. That's like back when the Undertaker had his motorcycle. Like, you didn't just leave that on the ramp. They're going to push it over. So I'm glad they did something to acknowledge that. And another thing in regards to the entrances, um, in Shotzi's intro song, they say ass. Does any other wrestler have an intro song where they cuss? Like, I feel like that's pretty unique. That's, uh, I'm surprised they let that go. Um, I, I guess ass is PG these days, you know? We've, <laughs> we've gotten pretty far with society, so ass is officially PG. Um, so we get into the match. Um, opens up with a bit of a shoving match between Charlotte Flair and Bailey. Um, naturally, ends up with all the women in the ring really quickly. Um, some early moments I really liked. EO hit a really nice springboard moonsault to take out both members of damage control on the outside of the ring. Bailey and EO hit a uh, double super kick. Uh, to the size of heads is Shotzi. That one I enjoyed. And as always, we got a lovely Charlotte Flair woo chop fest. And I, I'll never get tired of those, to be completely honest, man. Yeah, she loved it. The crowd loved it. it. It's nice that we get to see her, but she's in a role player role, not you know stealing the show and letting those others shine like they need to. Um, I, I love... You know, the whole little storyline between Bailey and Shotzi. I love that it was a way for to give an excuse for Shotzi to cut her hair, you know, um, in solidarity with her sister. So that's that's lovely to hear as well. But this is a fun little match, you know, a little bit of chaos to start off with. Um, I love the, the comeback when Shotzi's grinding and crawling and scratching, trying to get that tag to Charlotte. Right as Charlotte gets in there, hits that nice big crossbody off the top to both members of Damage Control that are in the match, and then proceeds to get into the chop battle there. Yeah, I, Charlotte's still one of the elite talent in in the women's division for sure, and you know I I'm glad to see her still in the mix. Um, she kind of was MIA for a little bit, and then was like very spotty as far as you know how many appearances she would have, but. Hopefully she stays a little bit on the regular side. I think there's some meat there. Um, she, as always, hit her front walkover into a nice clothesline on Bailey. Um, she went to get Bailey into eventually the figure eight, but in the middle of the figure four, Bailey had a really nice counter into a cradle for, for a near fall. I enjoyed that. Um, and then she does go for the figure eight again right after that, and then EO hit her with a Meteora. So... Um, I think, you know, we, we can all see a little bit of the uh, indications of what a future match between EO and Charlotte may look like. I feel like it'd be a very high-speed match. You know, both both are extremely athletic, so I feel like it'd be something very fun. I loved that Meteora spot onto the figure eight. It, it almost looked as if Charlotte knew it was coming and she was kind of hesitant because she didn't have that full arc in that bridge because... <laughs> Because I felt she knew that, you know, somebody might have been coming off the top with a couple of knees uh, for her to taste. 
but that was a beautiful spot there. Um, I did I did love it as well when they um, EO hit a nice Hurricanrana uh, when Charlotte was up top. And it looked like damage control was slowly taking over the match and Bailey was climbing up top to hit a nice elbow drop. One would assume when we see Asuka uh, sneaking up behind Dakota Kai, uh, climbing up from the ring, uh, ring bell area, uh, stealing the belt off Kai's shoulder and just kind of, you know, looking and being Asuka. Yeah. And. You know, we, we see a lot of sneaking and usually I feel like when we see the sneaking, it's like, you know, Jimmy in a hoodie or, or Dom just looking as pedestrian as he usually does. But with the face paint and everything, it's kind of hard for Asuka to, to sneak her way ringside. Um, but yeah, so she interrupts, um, Shotzi ends up hitting a, a, a DDT, on Bailey and gets the pin off of the Asuka distraction. Um, so they end up coming out on top and then we get a little face, face to face, uh, showdown and stare down between Asuka and EO. Nothing really happens. Asuka just literally like gives her the belt back and leaves. But, um, obviously we, we've got that match coming up. Yeah. Give her the nice little stare down as she laid the belt out, you know, I'm glad that they're kind of taking this as more of a, it almost looks like a face v face or obviously face v heel, but Oscar's maybe coming across more as the face, you know, more of an actual let's fight, let's not do this, you know, the backstabbing way as some of the previous matches on both of the wrestlers have been. Yeah, and you know, later in the night we get a little promo from from EO where she's like, "Yeah, I'm ready for Asuka and I'm ready for this fight and everything." But like I love EO, but she like can't come across mean, dude. Like she tries so hard. She wants to come across like with that like, kind of like bad bitch vibes that like Bailey and Dakota do. But she just ain't got that in her, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um I, I love EO. She's great. Um, and I love that she can have a little bit of an attitude, right? She has a bit of an edge to her, but she I, I can't ever see her as being, you know, Miss Evil. I'm going to get you. You know, she just just looks like she, you know, is going to take care of some business. Yeah. And, and especially like so many people wanted the belt on her. I, I, I know both of us included. Um, and I, I do feel like that match will be face face for fa- verse face for sure because they're both going to get cheered. They're they're both loved and honestly they should be. They're they're two of the top women's performers. Um, all right, so then we get into the John Heyman and Jimmy Uso segment. Um, Jimmy's saying that he's in the bloodline. Um, you know, saying that. He he's effectively not out, so he's in. Um, but Heyman says it's really not that simple, and and tells him to worry about AJ, uh, and that he'll worry about getting the family back together and getting him back in the bloodline. So, you know, I I honestly don't know how I feel about this whole Jimmy back in the bloodline thing. Um, obviously it is kind of like Heyman says, it's not that simple because we have not heard the ruling from the tribal chief himself, but I don't know, man. What, what do you think? Yeah, 
my my first thoughts on this entire segment when they cut backstage and you know paul's there you know skulking in the corner like he always is and then you know jimmy pulls up there if you noticed in the background they're right by one of the you know 18 wheeler trucks and whose face is right there looming over them as if an ever watching presence in the background it's roman you know <laughs> yeah and, like he had to have stood there on purpose and i just felt that it's just I don't know, like think of the Lord of the Rings and the and the eye of Sauron or whatever it's called. You know, that's that's just Roman. He's always watching. He sees everything. And Paul was quick to say, you know, whoa, whoa, like, hey, you know, I didn't say that. Roman didn't say that. So we got to definitely wait to see, you know, what he decides on. And I swear Paul said Roman ain't here. Solo ain't here. So you you handle your business, you know, with AJ and you know maybe like we'll talk like you handle that and i'll handle jimmy's business with roman is what paul said so you know i don't i don't trust paul but you know looking back when uh paul is kind of gaining a little bit more favor for jimmy um, when they showed the, the recap from last week and jimmy helped solo win that match you know jimmy or solo was about to spike jimmy and paul was like no 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 you know like let let him go for now so maybe maybe paul's sweetening up to it um i feel like it's gonna end up somehow with jimmy getting back in him and solo still beefing maybe we'll finally see like solo being mad at roman and this will finally be his breaking breaking point because he doesn't want jimmy to join and we can finally see the the part where solo breaks off and maybe lead into something there. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm not sure about that part only because like to to fast forward a little bit to the main event, you know, a lot of the time Heyman spent holding Solo back from helping Jimmy. So, mm-hmm. you know, Solo to me comes across as he doesn't know what to do 90% of the time. And all he actually wants to do is just hit people. Yep. So, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. Solo to me is the wild card in all of it. Like we have a little bit of a grasp on Jimmy. Um, obviously Heyman is just going to do either whatever Roman wants or just try to manipulate Roman into what he thinks is going to keep him safest because he's protecting himself in the long run. But Solo, man, I really don't like know where Solo's going to end up. Obviously, I, I do feel like we're going to end up getting at some point Roman Solo. Maybe Solo Jimmy is going to like foreshadow into that. Um, we'll see. Bloodline's in an interesting state. Um, but then, uh, Heyman walks away all five feet of away to AJ and, you know, basically tells him to, to watch himself. And then AJ threatens Heyman and Jimmy comes and protects him and takes out AJ. So, uh, Jimmy is doing everything he can to get in. And Heyman sees that. And as the promo comes to an end, you know, you get the call Roman Reigns. 
So may, maybe Heyman's coming around to Jimmy a little bit. Yeah, and, and my, my last three comments on this is number one, who who talks to their phone like that? I don't I don't do that, you know, but maybe he's old and that's what old people do. Like because Paul's getting gray, man. You know, seriously. Like, and he's letting it go too. Like, yeah. He, he ain't dying it anymore. Yeah, so you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. Maybe that's gonna play into an angle where he pretends to be this old, feeble old man. I don't know, we'll see. But the the two small lines in here that that really popped me was when Paul's telling Jimmy, you know, you worry about that, I'll worry about it. And he slides in there, we the ones. You know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 Jimmy there just I don't I don't know if it was after he beat up um AJ, but he, he says something and he's just like, Yeah, yeet <laughs> that's for no reason. That's quality content. He was so proud of himself after that. <laughs> uh so then we get a quick damage control segment with uh Bailey whining. And this is where we get EO saying that she's ready for Asuka and she officially challenges Asuka. So that's what's coming next for them. Um, and right right before that, uh, they randomly, because obviously SmackDown's on Fox and they're associated with every whatever football college game that's going on. So they randomly gave a shout out to uh, you know Coach Prime in, in Colorado in their upcoming game. <laughs> and I just... I love that. And that's Corey Graves, you know, so I love that they threw that in there. I mean, everybody give a shout out to Coach Prime. Got both his sons playing. You know, they're both doing great. That's quality content. And a few weeks ago, I heard a line from Coach Prime, something along the lines of, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. And that just might be a life motto for me, man. I don't know. You know, it's pretty accurate. And, you know, the dude's missing a handful of toes. So I, I got to give him props for being able to go out there and just say, and fuck them toes, man. Fuck them. So next we get our LA Knight versus Austin Theory match. Um, starts off with LA Knight on the mic, as over as ever. And he rips the Miz for the Cena TV segment, making fun of him for the Invisible Man act, um, but really also saying that he doesn't need Cena or his endorsement at all. Um, he is the megastar. So I agree. He doesn't need Cena. That's why I don't want to see the match between them. Um, I mean, he's L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everything that I had, I had said like on a previous podcast of, or I guess the payback podcast when he was, you know, potentially doing something with Cena. It's like he heard me and he's like, I didn't need that guy. I don't need to beat that guy. And I was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> LA Knight knows best, man. That's true. But as he's going through this, he is interrupted by Grayson Waller. Uh, comes out, calls him La Knight. Um, and then brings out Austin Theory. I mean, he said a little bit before that, but nobody cared about that. Uh, brings out Austin Theory. I'm not a fan of these two together, but maybe that means they're perfect for each other. Um, Austin Theory goes through and 
discusses about how he's beaten LA Knight before and you know he's the better wrestler and everything that he's done um at at his young age and to all these statements you got Waller just doing yeah yeah <laughs> um I thought that was a nice little touch in his variations on it and uh LA Knight responds by calling them the crotch goblins so that's officially their tag name as far as I'm concerned Crotch Goblins is is great. I'm gonna run through a few just just lines that made me giggle as we're going through this entire segment. At one point, LA Knight says, "That's gonna chap your keister," right? So I guess they could they couldn't say ass too much, right? They had to switch it up to keister, but I guess <laughs> LA, LA Knight could pull it off. Um, he says, "It's a bitter pill to swallow, but swallow it, you must certainly will." <laughs> oh no. That was quality content. Um, I love the Lanite. Um, the Grayson Waller is just everything. Just the small things that he does in the background of everything that he does. He's like a character. Austin Theory's out there. He's bland. And, you know, as he's talking, like you mentioned, Waller is throwing out Yaz. He was throwing a couple shimmies in there. Like he's just doing things that make him somebody to watch versus theory and it's somebody that makes me want to change a channel i'm not a fan of this pairing either because i love one guy and i hate the other guy and i feel like that can only drag one guy down but i'm sure that they're going to end up giving them some type of push they're young guys they're probably going to lose a couple matches here and there um, as jokesters but i think that at the end of the day they're going to somehow be uplifted um between all of all this stuff here um i did love the crotch goblins um comment that was that was quality content but in regards to their actual uh team name as as we see later when they're on commentary grayson waller is talking to Corey graves about potential team names and he said a town down under <laughs> that's fucking fantastic that is a good one. As much as I prefer Crotch Goblins, um, I really enjoyed when Waller gave them that name. Oh, man. But it was, you know, then we get into the match, and it was kind of a slower match, not as slow as the main event, in my opinion. But it starts off with Theory just kind of taking over, knocking down LA Knight, you know, trying to show his dominance. Um, LA Knight's kind of struggling. Uh, until he finally, you know, makes a little bit of a comeback. Um, was a pretty even match as things went on. A little bit of cheatery as Ellen Knight gets thrown out and the ref is counting him out on one side. Grayson Waller hops up to take the pad off the turnbuckle. And we get a little bit of fighting around the turnbuckle pad before we actually get to the finish. But one one note I do like to add in here as well is... Austin Theory does this weird rolling, like a front roll into a blockbuster. And cool, you know, I, I love the unique aspect of it. You know, just like Grayson Waller has like a roll into the ring kind of stunner finish. But I don't know. I, I feel like into a blockbuster, all you're doing is ruining your momentum. But eh, I guess it's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I actually kind of like that spot. So... We feel the same about Austin Theory. I actually thought this was one of his better performances. Um, I did like the rolling blockbuster, and I just I feel like um, 
their two skill sets complement each other well when they're in the ring together, LA Knight and Austin Theory. Um, I really liked, probably my favorite moment was when LA Knight's bouncing Theory's head off the announce table to the yes, and it's just like dribbling the basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that was probably my favorite moment. Um and I do feel like uh LA Knight is also expanding his moveset. He pulled out some things um outside of his usual, you know, power slam vocabulary. Um and so yeah, we got the distraction off of the turnbuckle pad and honestly it didn't matter. They had a little tussle back and forth kept trying to throw each other into the corner at that turnbuckle, but ultimately Knight hits the BFT and we get the win on him. So um, I don't think anybody doubted that LA Knight was going to win. Yeah, but we get what we want and I like it. Very much so. And and as they were doing the promo battles at the very beginning of this, Austin Theory mentioned that he had beaten LA Knight and I'd like to go back and see that. Like, when was that? You know, I, I don't, I don't recall that one. I, I could be wrong here, but I feel like it was relatively early in him, like coming back as LA Knight. Okay, that's what I assumed. But it was a fun little match. The one thing I did like at the end, after you know, LA Knight had the victory. Austin Theory's gone. You see, Grayson Waller kind of you know, walking off, sneaking off to the side, and he tries to slide into the ring and, you know, get LA Knight from behind. I don't think I've seen LA Knight move as fast as he did in the second when he turned around to catch Waller behind him. <laughs> it's like he had a spidey sense or something. Well, he uh, he kept his spidey senses up on when to react in the segment right after, too, because he manages to interrupt Paul Heyman and Adam Pierce. Um Heyman is trying to get some information out of Pierce about who's going to be traded to SmackDown. And, you know, Pierce is saying that that's above his pay grade. And uh, LA Knight interrupts and has Pierce make the Miz rematch official right then and there. Um, so Pierce leaves. And there's a little interaction between Heyman and Knight. And Heyman is telling LA Knight that he's a big fan of his. And, he, you know, he goes on about the yes. And he's like, oh, it's so catchy. Yeah. Um, but then Paul Heyman, being the wise man that he is, uh, has a little passive aggressive threat towards LA Knight that next time when Paul Heyman's in the room, he should knock first. And LA Knight looks him in the eye. In a very calm, low and monotonous, yeah. And that's how we get through that. So, I don't know, maybe maybe we'll get like LA Knight solo or something. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping uh, this leads eventually to Roman LA Knight. Yeah, it's a loss, but it's a, what, are they, what is it called now? The Undisputed Universal World Championship. I don't even know what the full title is, of it is now anymore. But that'd be a great opportunity for him. You know, uh, I feel like that could be a nice little fun program. And I'd love to see how mad Roman gets when the crowd keeps chanting, yeah. And he's like, stop that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I wonder how many um, 
match appearances he has in his contract for the rest of the year. Because if they need a filler one that they want to do at like Crown Jewel or something, that could be a decent option to have like Roman LA Knight at Crown Jewel. Um, and like you said, obvious win for Roman, but uh, it'll it'll help LA Knight and it'll just give Roman something to do, you know? Yeah, for sure. And then, of course, we can... The promos between LA Knight and Paul Heyman are going to be great because, you know, it's just going to be weeks of a lot of talking. We're going to get some distractions. He can run through Jimmy. He can run through Solo. Um, maybe Solo, you know, I think might be some shenanigans and then somehow eventually lead up to a big match with Roman because who else do we is on the roster that we want to see with Roman right now that's on SmackDown? I can't really... Off the top of my head, think of anybody. Well, I I was wondering if they abuse the um the fact that the tag titles are unified and they try to do like priest Roman or something or you know. Yeah, I can see that. Although, since he's like the unified Universal World Champion or whatever, I guess Roman can appear on whatever show too. So. He tech he he should be able to, but technically, back when they first were talking about the the draft or super superstar shakeup or whatever the hell this iteration of this is, they did say that Roman was SmackDown and he can't go back and forth. Even though these other people like Sammy and Kevin, when they were champions, they could do it, but not Roman for some reason. That was very specific, and that's probably just something for Fox. But you know. Yeah, either that or he was uh, strict about his contract. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> so after this, we get the the tag team match, the championship match between Judgment Day, Damian Priest, and Finn Balor versus Butch and Ridge of the Brawling Brutes. Um, starts off with the Judgment Day having a little talking segment um as always dom cannot speak however this segment gave me an idea that i'm going to be maintaining so from the start of our podcast i am going to be keeping a dom mysterio boo rankings for all of his appearances in which cities boo him the best so so far we've got charlotte and boston and currently, I felt like Charlotte did a better job than Boston. I could hear most of what Dom was saying in this segment. Um, whereas in Charlotte, I would say 80% of it, I still have no idea what the fuck he said. So right now, Charlotte, you guys are winning. Boston, mm, you got to step it up when it comes to Dom. Um, so then they're interrupted by the Brawling Brutes coming out. So they poke a little bit fun at uh, at the Brawling Brutes. Um, and Ridge tells them that the one that they really need to worry about is Butch. So then Finn finds that amusing and pokes Butch in, to, in the chest. And Butch breaks his fingers for it. So exactly what I think we all wanted to see and what we all expected. And then we hit commercial break and come back to the match. Uh, how'd you feel about that talking segment? 
Yeah, I loved it when they when they first came out. I'm thinking just the three y'all. Where's mommy? And they explained it. She was in India. I forgot that that was a thing. So I guess they split the roster for the show. Uh, so it was nice that they actually explained that. Um, obviously, Dom booed out the building every single time. I I love it. You can't you can't say a word. I think they cut to Damien Priest talking, and then Dom said one word. <laughs> And they immediately shut that shit down. Um, as Priest is there talking, you know, basically saying we did what even Roman couldn't do by winning these titles. And then Finn's in the background just kind of dancing along, you know, as Priest is talking. So that's great. And then when Finn was just maniacally laughing at, we should be afraid of this fella. <laughs> That was quality. And he paid for it. That he did. I feel like I seem to notice that out of all of the Judgment Day, they can usually keep a straight face when Dom is getting booed, except for Finn. Finn is usually the first one to break and like start smirking and, and laughing at how bad the booing is. Whereas Priest like tries to hold character and he's like, don't listen to him, man. Don't, don't even listen to him. Yeah, man, like, I think Finn's been around for a minute. I think he's been around a little bit longer than Priest has, but it, that's that's got to be something that you love to see for a young guy getting that much of a crowd reaction. That's you got to love to see that. Yeah, it's it's pretty outrageous. Um, so when we came back from commercial break, the match was already slightly in progress. Um, I loved that Finn's fingers were all taped up like immediately. Um, and we get into a little tussle between Butch and Finn and I, I, this was probably just, it was bad camera work because the, the camera angle that they had, um, you could see that Butch's stomp was nowhere near Finn's fingers. And I was like, eh, you were a little slow on the camera change there. Um, but early on, probably my personal highlight of the match was when Ridge, uh, lifted both Finn and Priest at the same time. Um, that was that was a nice display of power. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, I guess he's the talker of the group since they're not with Sheamus. I don't know why you wouldn't let Butch talk because um, I'm not super familiar with this Ridge guy. I did not like the line of whatever he said. I've been known to break people or something like that. Because we got the, you know, the Big E situation, and I, I don't know. I just don't feel that anything in that ilk should be something said, because then it just makes you think of that. But maybe that's just me. I don't know. But just, you know, Ridge the Fridge, uh, Corey Graves said he's built like a stack of cinder blocks. I mean, the guy's, the guy's big. So, yeah, I loved when he had Balor and was a front face lock guillotine, whatever he had. And he's just spinning him around. And then he picks him up into a stalling butterfly suplex. That was nice. You don't, not something you normally see. But for my own sake, the highlight of this match was just the clips backstage to Pretty Deadly. Yes, I boy. I can't wait till they come back. Please. Oh, man, I can't wait. I rest up, get healthy, because we miss you, boys. Oh, they'll be back soon. They will be back soon. And clearly, they're going for these guys. First, first people they're going for. And it's nice that they gave the Brawling Brutes a title shot. Let's uplift them a little bit. And it was a good little match. You know, 
in my opinion, match of the night. Uh, very close with the women's tag. Um, but I think I was just a little hype on this match because they you finally got to see the brawling brutes not in a squash match. I don't know the last time we saw them do something more than five minutes. Um, plus, we had Pretty Deadly getting involved, who I love to see. And spoiler alert, as we get into the end of this, we get to see the Almighty and the Street Profits show up. So very eager to see where the tag division goes. Um, we got some enemies uh, down on SmackDown, so it should be fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the match too, and for me it was my match of the night as well. Um, I really liked the ending of Priest hitting uh, Ridge first with the South of Heavens, and then hitting Butch with it on top of Ridge, and then uh, you know Balor getting the coup de grace for the win. So I, I loved the way that it ended. I felt like that was some really good uh you know flow for the end of the match and then yeah bobby bobby lashley the almighty comes out with dawkins and tez um he comes out with the mic says that the bloodline is crumbling but the judgment day isn't taking over they are so we know what's coming up next man for sure and i hope it starts off with like a three-way let's see dom get pinned that can lead to them saying, you know, we beat y'all. We want the title match. Maybe we get that on a pay-per-view. Maybe we see, you know, probably not. This might be pushing it. But with the tag team and then a single star, the only singles belt that Judgment Day has is the North American Championship. I highly doubt we're going to see Bobby Lashley down in NXT. But what if? What if they just sent that man down there to go on a little North American rampage? I feel like that'd be a nice little stint, but I think he's too much of a star. I think he's going to be more of the mouthpiece uh, for the team than, you know, the actual fighter, unless they do some three-way action. I agree. And then it also leaves him to be the one that challenges uh, whoever in the Judgment Day ends up cashing in and getting whatever title they end up getting. Um my only uh, disappointment about all of this is after Elimination Chamber, like I was really hoping and I really felt like Montez Ford was going to get a singles push and then he just didn't. And dude, I think he's so deserving of it. Him in Elimination Chamber was absolutely wild, dude. Like he was so good in that. And I, I would love to see him get a singles push. And to me, this whole Hurt Business 2.0, whatever the hell they're calling themselves, um, is just going to delay that. So, yes, it, it's good to have this big feud, especially with the Judgment Day because of them being the champions. But I really do want to see Tez get his solos push at some point. Yeah, I, I want that so bad as well. I, we've been waiting so long for it. And now that he's a heel, I don't know. And I fear that now that he's a heel, I hope that this just doesn't turn into an angle where they they feud amongst themselves and then Dawkins turns on him. Because, you know, shout out to Dawkins, but if y'all break up as a team, we all know what's going to happen. You know, Dawkins is going to fall down the card. He's going to fall down the roster. You're not going to hear much from him. And we might not see much more of him, you know, and I, I don't want that for the guy. You know, he's made a lot of improvements over his career here in WWE. Um, so, you know, maybe if he sticks with Lashley and Lashley's his mouthpiece or they become a, a tag team, something to keep him relevant. But eventually we got to see Tez break off 
as a face for that singles push. Yeah, he he needs it. Um, but I will say that if if we can get Bianca in with them, then they are literally a person for person matchup against the Judgment Day, and that would be pretty nice. Very true. And she's been taking a little break. Um, when they were posting those little, I guess they were talking about the WWE TikTok, and they were posting TikToks that look like uh, Tez and bianca or at the beyonce concert you know so shout out hope they enjoyed that those tickets are absolutely outrageous so i'm glad that they had a good time hopefully uh, they got hooked up with some seats because evidently beyonce and her daughter are a big fan of bianca belair so hopefully they got hooked up because that'd be swag i feel like that was some action that you probably could have thrown in there to make them look like bigger stars if they're you know somewhere at a big show like this you know make them look even more you know, top notch than they already look. Um, but she's taking a nice little well-deserved break. She should be back soon. It's not a super long break. I hope there's not any injuries or if there are that she's, they're small and she's resting them up, but this could be the opportunity to bring her back with that faction, uh, to give her, you know, that good heel run. Yeah. And it would be, I think it would be really good for her. Um, but yeah, Tez singles, man. So after this is we I didn't take much notes on it, but we got the little kind of like recap. I don't even know if it was a recap, but like, you know, a quick little display of some of the events during the uh the superstar spectacle in India. Um I I was actually really surprised so first off, when they showed everything, I was like, okay, this is why it wasn't televised. So there were like not a whole lot of people there. I mean, it was packed, but it was not in a big place. It, very low production value in terms of the standard of the WWE. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually f- found it very odd that the stars that were there, like it, it didn't match to me of like the level of the stars versus the level of production and venue just fell off. The fact that um Cena and Rhea and Seth were all there. Um it was weird to me. I don't know, man. Yeah, some of the highlights I saw, I know Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were tweeting um about it. I believe Sami Zayn said this was probably top 5 loudest crowds he's ever performed in front of and and then the WWE also said that they were so loud as well. And I'm like, it didn't look that packed for it to be that loud, just as you said. So I don't know, maybe just the area that they were in allowed for better acoustics. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it was a lower ceiling. And, you know, as a, as a performer myself, I can attest that, like, sometimes the smaller places are louder just because of that. Like, lower ceilings, you know, everybody's a little bit closer together. But, yeah, it was a pretty small place. Yeah, and one one highlight I caught in there was um, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre were dancing together. And I thought that that was very cute, uh, taking it back to the 3MB days, because uh, they used to be friends, like, 10 15 years ago something like back when drew mcintyre was a jobbing nobody in wwe before he left and came back as the drew he is now the chosen one with the good old modern day maharaja um, oh man i also saw the the great kali was there so it, that was that was nice to see yeah i was i was hoping uh i saw somebody on twitter 
I want to say it was like Sean Ross Sapp or Ryan Sapp, and I always get those two guys confused. But I said something like, um, the great Kali's there. All my almost my Omo sapiens rise up. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that would have been great. Um I I really wish I could have seen this though. It did look like a very fun uh show, you know, regardless of you know what may or may not have happened as far as it actually affecting the storyline or how the characters were portrayed. It looked like the wrestlers had fun and it looked like the people enjoyed it. Uh, so very nice to see. Yeah, I mean, it's not often that you get to check off uh, a country that the WWE has been that John Cena has not been. So uh, that that was impressive alone. And I mean, it. Uh, I believe... Um, Natty fought Rhea, and even though, like, that's obviously Rhea winning, um, Natty usually puts on good matches, so I'm sure that was in entertaining and everything. Most definitely. So after this, we end up in our main event of AJ Styles versus Jimmy Uso. So before the match starts, we get a little shot backstage um, where AJ's pissed at the rest of the OG, uh, OC, sorry, for not having his back um, when Jimmy ambushed him. And he tells them, I don't even want you guys ringside. Um, he'll do it alone. So that's, uh, that leads us into the match. So to continue kind of what we said, dude, Jimmy's music just doesn't hit at all. Like it comes on. And if they're trying to push Jimmy as a singles competitor, they ain't doing a great job because, like, nobody's hyped for the music. Nobody's hyped for the entrance. It was just like, oh, hey, Jimmy's coming out. You know, I was kind of sad about that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, to start back on that backstage statement or segment, he smacked the hell out of that phone out of uh, Carl Anderson's hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> He shattered that screen on the way down, dude. Yeah, that that thing's broken, right? And it's funny, like we don't ever see uh, the OC, like Carl Anderson and Gallows. Like we we when was the last time we seen them? You know, grats on them that they're making that paycheck. And if y'all just want that check, that's great. Um, so we'll see. You know, maybe there's a split coming up. Maybe something's going on with AJ. Um, I feel like we had an AJ Roman match already, but I do feel like this is kind of pushing towards that angle as well uh, with his beef with Paul and all that kind of stuff. So I could see this being another potential match again for Roman if they decide to keep uh, going down that path. But one thing as well, when they announced Jimmy, I'm pretty sure they called him Jay. Did they? I th I think so as well. That and that wasn't the first time that they messed up as well, because earlier in the night, the same announcer, when they were announcing the Judgment Day after the commercial break, they said Dominic or Damian Priest, and they messed up his <laughs> yeah, name as well. Yeah. yeah, I think Corey Graves called him out on that one too. <laughs> so small things, I, I miss, I don't know who the, I want to say Samantha Irvin is the other lady, but I, I you know, I'm yeah, not good with names. Yeah. She's really good. Yeah, like pay her double, get her on Friday. Or maybe she was in India. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I know she's, uh, I think she's engaged to Ricochet. So um, 
she'll probably like try to want to be on his shows and not have to be on the other shows, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, when when Jimmy came out, two fifty one. Hmm, it's a little little heavy there, Jimmy. He's always been a little bit thicker than Jay. Like usually, if somebody's going shirtless, it's Jay. Jimmy Jimmy pretty much always keeps his shirt on. For sure, and I don't know. I just felt like this whole match was was kind of slow. But before I get too into it as well, another thing I noted as all this backstage commercials, backstage promos are cutting through, they're um, advertising or sponsored by the new Cyberpunk game. Number one, I didn't know they were making another one. I, I didn't no, know. it's uh, it's an oh, expansion. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, did they even fix? regular cyberpunk like that like that shit flopped so hard did, did they fix that so supposedly they did i haven't played it since they did um but i know like leading up to this expansion maybe a couple weeks or a month or two ago they they hit it with like a mega patch um supposedly they had fixed it before then but yeah that was that it was hot garbage at launch even though they basically had John Wick in it, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, and then we see a little bit of a raw preview uh, during those backstage. It looks like Cody's coming back. Looks like Gunther will be there. Um, he's not getting the week off, so they're giving him a celebration. Somebody's obviously going to interrupt that celebration. Um, I don't want like I want Gable to get his shot, but I don't you know not right away again. Like we just spent two months of it i don't know if we need to rehash it after that definitive victory and of course we got the women's title match um rematch with dirty dom bard it's not the first time he's been behind bars hey right uh and then we get into the match so jimmy tries to to be a little dirty and open it with a, a super kick sneak attack but styles is prepared and makes him pay for it Really, AJ controls the first portion of this match, I would say. Um, pretty dominant uh, on Jay, which I think we would all expect. I mean, he's AJ's one of the, the premier singles competitors in the entire company and has been for a long time now. Um, some of the best matches in the WWE in the past, what, five, maybe even ten years have, have involved AJ. Um but eventually, Solo, who wasn't supposed to be there, and Heyman come out. And Jimmy sees this, and he gets excited. And he, he gives out a, yeah, yeah, we the ones. And then, uh, and then he starts to tip the scales in his favor. So I don't know if that's what he needed, man. But seeing that clearly gave him a little bit of a confidence boost. Yeah, most definitely. And as this match started, after you know Jimmy gets caught up in the ropes and AJ Styles kind of sweeps the leg, this guy lands right on the back of his head. <laughs> <laughs> I like. I know that wasn't pleasant. Yeah, he he goes in the blue tent for that one. He got so excited of uh, seeing them on the ramp. He's like, "Oh, oh, I see you," <laughs> and gets right back into you know, kind of grinding down aj he slams his head into the stairs but i feel like yeah he was excited yeah he takes control of aj but he doesn't do much with it he gets a couple headlocks he gets a little bit of a face wash but i feel like a lot of this match was spent with 
just looked like they were catching their breath. Yeah, and really, like, the big moments was Jimmy eating shit, you know? He had a really hard belly-to-back suplex from AJ. Um, AJ, as always, hit a great Pele kick on him. Uh, he hits him with a big forearm coming out of the ring to where Jimmy is on the side, and that puts them right in front of Heyman and Solo. And this is where Heyman starts holding Solo back. You know, Solo has this, like, you know, squirrel, squirrel, shiny thing mentality of just like, hey, guys are hitting each other over there. I want to go hit people too. And and Heyman holds him back from helping his brother out. Um, but yeah, man, I there were moments where Jimmy was on the offensive, but he was on the defensive, I felt like, 80% of this match. Yeah, for sure. Um, when they're, you know, as they slowly approach the ring, Heyman and Solo, you know, they're slowly kind of getting closer. AJ's still kind of being wary, looking over his shoulder as they're slowly approaching. Solo looked kind of bored as he's just watching the match, by the way. I, it's hard to understand his facial expressions because he's such a stoic figure and just kind of always looks the same. But at points where they were cutting to him, he's just standing there watching it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't see somebody showing no reaction to this match and then be like, oh, yeah, 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 I love it. Like, you know, you see something, you usually start to feel similarly upon seeing it. So I don't know if that affected, you know, maybe my view of this match. But there was still some good action in there. Um, there was one nice little spot when AJ was getting a nice little f- uh, flurry of hits off on Jimmy, but Jimmy countered it into a headbutt, which then AJ countered it into uh, grabbing the arms, pulling him down into a backslide, to which I thought was going to be a pin, but somehow rolls Jimmy through, jumps up, and then hits him with the DDT into a two count. That was a beautiful little spot. I don't know if I've seen that. No, and that was a really nice DDT too. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought he was going to go for the backslide into the pin. And then when he didn't, I was like, did that spot just fall apart? But it kind of all came together once he hit the DDT. Um, And then right after that, you know, AJ was preparing to hit the phenomenal forearm. But like you said, he's very aware of where Solo and Heyman are. So like where he was, his back was towards the entrance ramp where Solo and Heyman were. And he like kept peeking over the shoulder, kept peeking over the shoulder. Saw they were right there. So then he relocated himself to uh, another side of the ring where he could kind of keep them uh, in, in the corner of his eye. Um, to to avoid interference from them. And then Jimmy took advantage of that time and kind of delayed the match a little bit, um, but not much longer. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I'm showing here that uh, AJ finally, you know, hits his phenomenal forearm, gets the pin, you know, solo finally, you know, has the leash taken off of him by Heyman and gets in the ring. But then out of nowhere... Judgment Day comes in. Dude, this was weird um, to me. I was like, what is... I did not expect that. Yeah, you know, they, they throw AJ back in the ring so that way he can eat the spike. <laughs> Which Solo was... Solo didn't even think about it. He didn't think about, are these guys my friends? Or are they... Well, he's just like you said. He said, Spike, hit it now! You know, that's that. he's got a one-track mentality, um, which is great to see. But I, I, I don't know. I... I why are they helping them 
but I guess potentially they could be helping them because it sounds like the street prophets and Almighty were talking down to the bloodline, even though the Judgment Day was just doing it on Monday. But I don't know, something going on here. Yeah, it was it was an odd series of events. I do feel like we're probably going to be getting uh, AJ Styles versus Solo relatively soon and i feel like that's one of those like banger smackdown matches where you know a tv show gets a really good match um but i i'm not really sure where this is going if they're gonna have an alliance if it's you know an enemy of my enemy is my friend but like Rhea literally just declared a few days ago that the bloodline has fallen so why are they helping the bloodline if the bloodline is fallen? I mean, maybe they just see them as that far away of a threat. Like, they, they don't even think they're a threat at all. So, but how does it help them? You know, I, I, I'm not sure where they're going with this one. Yeah, I don't know either. Like, I, I can see maybe having a mentality that, you know, y'all aren't really friends with Jimmy, Y'all definitely aren't friends with Jay, so the only real tag team in the bloodline is Roman and Solo, and they weren't able to beat Sammy and Kevin, and, you know, Judgment Day did. So they feel that there's nothing that the bloodline could do that's really a competition to us, but we got the Street Profits here. You know, we don't really want to deal with them. We got AJ Styles and his boys. We don't really want to deal with them. You know, could be something trying to use them as a pawn, but we all know Roman's not a pawn, so until he comes back, and I feel like this this might be an opportunity to give them some time off. Maybe we end up with like some big four way or eight man tag with like Judgment Day and Bloodline versus you know the Good Brothers and the Street Profits or something, and just you know one of those big large fun matches to just blend storylines to push everything along, give a lot of superstars an opportunity to shine, potentially leading into that tag match between the Street Profits and the Judgment Day. Yeah, we we could get get to it that way. Um my only thing is like that as far as I know, there was really not much of a beef between the OC and um the Judgment Day, so they basically just made an enemy out of someone that they didn't really need to make an enemy of. So, I mean, maybe they're that afraid of Street Profits and Bobby Lashley that they felt like they wanted to be able to offer help um, against the OC with the Bloodline in turn of getting their help against the Street Profits. So, we'll we'll see if that's how it goes, but man, I'd got to be rooting for Street Profits that entire time. For sure. And I, and I hope it's something along those lines, you know, make it show that they have some fear for this team, you know, so that way it adds credibility uh, when they eventually do have that match. And we don't just think of it as another, oh, here's just another title defense for their long reign that they're going to have. Yeah. So we'll have to see where that one goes. So a quick look ahead at what we've got coming up this next week. Um, we've got a title match down in NXT between the man, big time Bex, 
And Tiff Stratton. That should be some must-watch TV. I feel like that might actually be a pretty good match. You know, uh, Stratton did defend her title on the most recent episode of NXT against, I believe, Kiana James, where she won. And, ooh, did she hit the prettiest moonsault ever. It was, it was perfect. Oh, my God. Um, so I feel like they could have a really good match uh, when they were hyping that up as well. They did have a match graphic, and Becky did have curly hair. So I don't know if that was just a throwback um, or if uh, we're going to get, you know, maybe a little bit of a rehash of her NXT character when she goes back down there. And I think she's going to take that title. Um, So very um, must watch show coming up this Tuesday on NXT. Yeah, I I really do think she'll take the title, too. I really hope she takes the title. You know, I've been I've been thinking about does Tiff like where would she fit on the main roster if they decide to make that move at, at that time like strip her the title start to bring her up um because a feud with becky is a great place to do that in too you know like let's say becky gets the title and then you know she she drops it against whoever they want to put over next um and then the feud spills over into uh into raw a little bit that could be interesting um I, she's very um, acrobatic and and has clearly a strong like gymnastics background in the ring, and I enjoy that. But I also feel like that's also one of the things that they tend to gimp a lot when they bring people up to the main roster. So I I don't know. Yeah, and I mean perfect slot for her. I unfortunately I do believe Piper Naven was hurt. Um, one half of the current women's NXT or women's tag team champions. And we still have Chelsea Green. And I feel like her and Chelsea are a perfect combo. Or right there on Raw, they can get Becky in the mix. Character-wise, yeah. You know, Becky could find a tag team partner and we can continue that action up on the main roster um, after Becky, you know, eventually loses the title at No Mercy or whatever happens. I feel like that's a perfect slot for her. Yeah, I agree. That That would be pretty good. Um, I also just find it interesting that they'll strip people a title so fast sometimes. They stripped Liv and Raquel from, what, Liv being out maybe a month. Obviously, she got hurt again, but they didn't know that was going to happen at the time. So they, she was gone for like a month. And how many times have they let Chelsea pick new partners? instead of strip the title it's weird sometimes yeah i feel like internally they're like we don't want to keep vacating them (laughs) because it probably doesn't look the best even though it's all legitimate reasons because somebody keeps getting injured but i i don't know um i think we need more juice in that women's tag division um but i hear that we are going to get a new smackdown women's tag team uh coming up i believe it's Isla Dawn and um Yeah, they were drafted. Um they've had like I wanna say two matches so far. Um uh, Isla Dawn and, and Katana Chance, right? No, not not Katana Chance. Katana Chance is uh with the good with the other chick, Caden Carter or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the NXT. The, yeah, so that's the women's tag division. They brought Big time performers up and have done absolutely nothing with them. 
Unless one of them got hurt that I just don't know about. No, they were supposed, like, they, I don't think either one of them got hurt. I know when Piper Niven declared that she was the champion, she, that's who she brushed past. And I believe they had like a little squash match after that. And that may have been where Piper Niven got hurt because that was, if, to my memory, the last time we saw her wrestle before her recent hiatus. Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and double check that. But the only other thing, um, NXT wise coming up of relevancy, we got Dirty Dom down there and on No Mercy. Looks like he's going one on one with Mustafa Ali for that title uh, on the No Mercy pay-per-view, which I mean, Mustafa, I, I are they going to give him the belt? I don't know. I don't know. He did just have a uh, a banger match in, in NXT. Um against dragon lee even though dom fucked it up so one thing leading into nxt next week i guess i'll go over the uh the global heritage standings so in group a we've got butch in first place with three points with a record of one win zero losses and one tie Uh, axiom is in second place with one point off of one tie uh, Tyler Bate is at zero points and Charlie Dempsey is at zero points. And then in group B, we've got Joe Coffey with two points, Nathan Frazier with two points, Duke Hudson with two points, and Akira Tozawa with zero points. So those are the current standings there. Yeah, um, I'm eager to see i'm i like the setups that they have and it's just a regular 12 minute match i'm not super big on the actual heritage cup rules and the rounds matches I, it just doesn't really do it for me i get it something different but eh but it's, since it's noam dar at the top everything he's done so far in that division is pure gold so i love it no matter what group a I mean, aside from Charlie Dempsey, really, um, still kind of growing on me, the type of wrestler that he is. It takes a while for those types of wrestlers to really gain my favor. But, I mean, we're going to get to see Butch and Tyler Bate, which is some mega throwback uh, back when they were fighting over the uh, NXT UK Championship when it first originated. That They were the ones who fought for that title, and Tyler Bate came out victorious only for formerly known as Pete Dunne, Butch, to get that back years later in NXT, which I believe was the actual NXT title, not the NXT UK Championship, if I remember correctly. But always banger matches. They're up there in the ilk with Dragunov and Gunther um, as some of, you know, just these great performers um, that are always going to put on some banger matches in that division. Over in the Group B side, I I don't know. Uh, I guess we got to give it to Joe Coffey. He's kind of the guy who's getting pushed the most nathan frazier is pretty good uh they really love him uh duke hudson i mean obviously akira Tazawa is a non-factor duke hudson I, I think they just have him in there to keep chase U active they're slowly waiting for him to eventually go heel on chase U. but i guess we got the hail going heel so that's going to be held off for a little bit longer but i think we're probably going to see like tyler Bate, joe coffee and probably get tyler but I don't know if I want to see Tyler Bate, Noam Dar. Didn't they do that already? I feel like they just 
got over each other for that Heritage Cup. Either way, it should be some good action, and I believe they gave us some action for next week's SmackDown as well. I believe we have John Cena appearing on the Grayson Waller effect next week. Uh, so yes, so we that do. Should be interesting. I believe we have a um, another tag title match, or there was something else going on that they announced next week. Did you catch that? No, I didn't see much of the upcoming Raw card. It'll, it'll be another good show. I guess we're keeping Cena around for a while. Um, have we had a Cena-Roman in the Bloodline era match? I don't think so. Because, I mean, who else to add you know, to the list of names <laughs> other than Cena at this point? Eh. I don't I don't feel like I need to see that to be honest with you. I think so obviously he's going to be on probably more smackdowns than raws. Um I know they announced all the smackdown appearances. I he's been on raw, I believe, and I wouldn't be shocked if and when he does pop up. But I can see him fighting Grayson Waller, I can see him fighting Jimmy Uso. Um, because if if they ultimately want to have this Jimmy versus Jay match at WrestleMania, like they need to beef up Jimmy in his singles cred. Because he kind of has none right now. Like he just got definitively beat by AJ Styles with like minor help slash mostly just distraction from Solo and Heyman, but like he's got a long way to go to be on his main event brothers level as far as a singles competitor, in my opinion. One hundred percent. Um and he does have some beef with Cena. Um he was mad because Cena was saying they they traded the wrong Uso or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, give give him some victories. Um, also, it, it's um, they made the LA Knight Miz match official for next week on SmackDown. Um, yes. That's what the extra thing created was, which should be nice. Um, eager to see. Obviously, it's going to be a nice win for LA Knight to hopefully put the pin in that, and then we get to see what feud he moves on to from there. Um, I think after he gets that win adds more credibility to him and we'll likely see him moving into that US title picture. I hope so, man. Um we didn't seem to have any developments on that front this week and I I feel like they're finally giving the fans what they want when it comes to LA Knight. I think they acknowledge that he needs to hold something. For sure. Um hopefully they're just giving Ray a break and but and I don't know exactly how I hate when they try to do like face versus face. Obviously, Santos Escobar is somehow still in the mix. And, you know, he said when I'm healthy, I, I do want a shot at that. I don't know if this will end up being some type of three way or four way, maybe um, where he ends up, you know, pinning Austin Theory, who sneaks his way into that, because obviously if they do anything, Austin's going to be somehow involved somewhere. One other interesting thing of note before we close, um, 
that I've seen a few people on the interwebs mention was that uh, there was an appearance in the new SmackDown intro video. Did you catch who it was? I did not. Um, I, I actually didn't really pay attention to the intro video. Uh, they were doing the recap. And then Fox kicked me out and said, your trial has ended. And I had to log in for like the 10th week in a row. So I wasn't paying too much attention. <laughs> so Edge was in the intro video. Okay. Okay. Well, what, okay. So I don't know if that means anything. Because I mean, technically anything that he's already appeared in, uh, you know, I'm assuming WWE owns the rights to and, and can use. Um, but they typically don't show guys who aren't like legends or, and I mean, he is a legend, I guess. So that does count, but, um, you know, they don't go too far from the active roster. I feel like normally, you know, you don't see uh, a bunch of cuts of Hogan in there, you know? Thank God. Um, and, and one thing to note on the edge front as well seemingly looks like he's gonna stay he posted i don't know what anybody's talking about i got a uh you know contractor email waiting in my inbox you know for my contract da 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 so basically telling everybody i'm not leaving but somebody on on x and again i want to say it was either ryan satin or sean ross sap or one of those guys out there i don't like to steal you know because this was not my information that i found myself but I don't know if you're familiar with AEW a little bit right now. Christian is going after Nick Wayne and giving him shit for his dad, you know, who's has is dead. Um, yeah, he's got a thing for dead dads, man. But one of in 1998, Edge actually wrestled Buddy Wayne, who is Nick Wayne's father, and beat him. So that I'd love for to see that turn into something that they call back when Christian's like, and I got an, I got an old friend who actually told me a few things about your dad and how he likes to lie down on the mat or something. And then we get edge out there. You know, I feel like that would be great. Um, maybe we get some good old school edge and Christian stuff. Cause when was the last time we seen them? And speaking of classic tag teams, if we're talking about edge and Christian, the only other two tag teams that come into mind are the Hardy boys and the Dudley boys. And the yep. Dudleys, yep. they just signed Devon to a Legends contract, and he went down to appear on Impact with um, Bubba. Well, it's not Bubba Ray. He he changed it for you know the indie scene, but you know it's Bubba. Um, so that's nice to see that they're back and wrestling together as well. Yeah, the first first match that comes to mind if Edge goes to AEW and we get an Edge Christian reunion, it would be Edge Christian and the Hardy Boys. Like, and that would be, oh, it would be so good, dude. Not only would it just be like good nostalgia feels, they're all still really great performers too. So there would definitely be some flips through tables and shit. Yeah, I just pray, pray, pray for the health and the safety of those four elderly gentlemen at this point because they all i mean christian has issues edge came back from career ending issues you know matt if he's been in the ring he stuck it out so you know he's feeling it and jeff just hold it together and stay strong brother you know Dude, matt and jeff are 
like fucking psychos in the ring and they don't know how to hold back. Whereas like, I feel like Christian knows how to like not hurt himself at this point or, or he doesn't go as all out as he used to go, you know, but I don't think that's in the Hardy boys vocabulary of like dialing back or playing it safe, you know, unfortunately not, but at least us as the fans are going to get some, high octane action and a match where they try to recreate crap from 20 years ago <laughs> in a TLC match just just for shits and gigs I guess yeah and I I would definitely be watching all right guys so that's a little bit of what happened this week on Smackdown a little bit of NXT some things to look forward to so take us home Henron Yes, sir. Well, again, it was a pleasure to bless all of you this evening with some lovely information about the most recent episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Until the next episode, we will be back with some Monday Night Raw action. I hope everybody does have a good night because you do have to go back to your miserable lives. We thank you again and hope you all have a good night. Deuces, deuces. Peace.